0: Hey, it's Jennifer. Right now I'd like you to imagine or think about your one of your favorite smells. It could be cookies baking in the oven or maybe a turkey roasting or maybe it's cologne and when you pick up someone's shirt and you smell it, it just makes you melt. Or maybe it's the smell of someone's perfume that lingers in the air after they've walked by. Or maybe it's not even a particularly good smell. But it's one that makes you happy. Like for me, that would be the smell of horse stalls. I love being on a farm. So that's a great smell for me. So why is smell so important to us? Why can it make us literally feel emotions? Well, the study of smell, otherwise known as aromatherapy, is very powerful and has a role in our health. Today, my guest, Jody Cohn from Vibrant Blue Oils, is here to explain the science behind why smell can help you heal.
1: You're listening to Autobiology, the podcast where you can learn a little biology now so you can think for yourself later. Introducing your host who dreams of being on an episode of Star Trek as the quirky biologist who saves the day jennifer little
0: fleck if somebody is listening for the first time about essential oils and is like i don't know what's the big deal i want to make this for them yeah
1: absolutely so what people don't realize is essential oils are really the concentrated essences of plants right different kinds of plants like uh, citrus fruits are uplifting um Trees like cedar wood have like deep roots in the earth and they're grounding. Uh, flowers are kind of heart opening. All of these plants are the basis for modern medicine. Like people don't realize that over 50% of pharmaceutical drugs are derived from plants. Like Valium is valerian root, aspirin is white willow bark. All of these drugs are really based on things that we find in nature that we know are healing. You know, anyone who's had like a sore throat or nausea knows peppermint helps Yeah, helps, you know, it's no mystery that food is medicine and what oils really are is the concentrated essence. So sometimes, you know, that time of month, you might need three or four Advil when every other day you're fine. You know, when you feel something intensely, you need something concentrated and intense to kind of return you back into balance and then you feel better. And so I believe oils can be used to help be returned to balance I don't think they're a magic bullet for everything. I think that the main three things that kind of draw people out of balance are poor sleep, kind of being stuck in stress and not knowing how to get out of it, and then drainage, making sure that the garbage leaves the cell, you know, gets into the fascia, the lymph, then the blood, then the liver, and the gallbladder, and ultimately winds up in the toilet and doesn't wind up getting reabsorbed and causing the immune system to react and trigger inflammation. So I think oils are really fabulous um, for those three things and for emotional stuff. I think that when they're used in combination as blends, like most of the research actually looks at combinations of oils. Oh, okay. I think that they're more powerful than just using a single oil.
0: Okay. So
1: that's what I'm really trying to do is kind of explain what they are, how to use them. I don't, you know, you, whatever. I am a bigger fan of smelling them because I also think that the, um, the nose You know, it's interesting that cocaine is inhaled through the nose. Some anesthesia is inhaled through the nose. The nasal channel is one of the easiest ways to get things into the system because the blood-brain barrier is thinner
2: and um, the vasculature is
1: closer to the surface in the nasal passageway. So it's just a really
0: easy way to get things into the brain and into the body
1: In kind of even if, you know, your digestion is compromised.
0: Wow. Okay. That's a great kind of, like, ba- basic foundational explanation for essential oils. Like, I can totally follow that. Um, all right. So so let me ask you, um, again, because there's a lot of essential oil companies, um, a lot of, like, multi-level marketing essential oil companies and things like that. So um, how would you say that your essential oils are, are different from – you know, say somebody else's essential oils? Because I know on your website, you really talk about the purity. Of yeah, your- I
1: mean, we make sure that we buy organic because I think that matters because it's concentrated plants. And if it's concentrated, you know, pesticides, that that's problematic. Mm-hmm. But what I really do differently, I think that a lot of companies – I don't, I'm not one to say that I, you know, I think a lot of people source from the same place. I think we're pretty much all getting the same blue tansy and the same helichrysum uh, because it all comes from certain places. I think that what I'm doing differently is instead of me saying, you know, buy these uh, individual oils and combine them yourself and maybe feel like you get it right or maybe second guess, I'm doing it for you. I'm working with practitioners and finding the exact blends and the exact ratios that work. For them and telling you exactly how to apply it so that it takes the guesswork out of it. You know, and sometimes things like Hilacrism and Blue Tansy are expensive. And so to buy the full bottle and then maybe use like one or two drops, it might not be the most efficient way to use it. So I'm kind of pre formulating it for you so that. It's
0: more economical and also more efficient. Okay. So, all right. So that that does explain a lot because on, because what I noticed that was very different about your offerings is, and I love this, I love this, I love this, you kind of categorize your oils two different ways. You can, you say, we can go for um, the system that you're trying to influence, or we can go for situations, you know, basically. Um, and you can, you can pick from those too. And so, um, I was introduced to your parasympathetic, um, at the conference and, uh, you know, I have to say I, I used it because I had, I had jet lag so, so bad and it really, it devolved into a massive migraine headache, like over the course of a couple of days. And you were immediately like here, take this, put this behind your ear. And I was like, holy shit, it was, it was gone, you know? And, and I was like, you know, and I, I, when I looked at the name of what you named it parasympathetic, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense, you know? (laughs) Um, Because, you know, we're influencing the vagus nerve, you know, which is part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And, and so I love that you really are, you know, focusing on, you know, what it is that you're trying to influence. Um, yeah. But you have a ton of other ones that I'd like you to talk about. Um yeah. because beca- you have, you know, an adrenal formula, you have a lymph formula, you have a formula for the circadian rhythm, liver support. Um can you can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of the more popular ones?
1: Yeah, so what what I found, I mean, I kind of got into health and nutrition through um my son who Basically it turned out was allergic to a lot of weird foods and that made him kind of ADD. And when we changed his diet, his whole personality changed. And I was so blown away by that because I had spent so much time money, and energy on like parenting classes and strategies. And I'm like, gosh, who knew that food and what you eat really makes a big difference. And so I kind of knew enough, you know, I was self-educated. I got a degree in nutritional therapy about what falls out of balance in the body. And it's really my core belief that when the body's in balance, it can heal itself. And, you know, I feel like because, you know, there's so much glyphosate and toxins in our food now that a lot of people have gut inflammation. And when your gut is inflamed, and even if you're eating the perfect nutrient dense whole food diet, it isn't necessarily being um, digested, absorbed, and assimilated. And so when you bump into that, It's almost like, you know, the main freeway is um, under construction. And so you take the back roads. There are kind of alternate paths. And what I really like about oils is the idea that you can topically apply things specifically on reflex points. And it's just another way to shift the organ systems and the body into balance. And in some ways, it's easier. You know, like I used to try to, I probably tried every kale recipe under the sun and tried to get my kids to eat it. And that wasted a lot of time. And energy. <laughs> my kids never complained when I rubbed oils on their feet. They were always like, oh, okay. So I feel like in some ways it's the path of least resistance. And if you're already eating all the right foods and making all the lifestyle choices, it's another way to kind of support the organ systems. So I've classified the organ, um, our oil blends into kind of four categories. There's the brain blends, you know, as I mentioned um it's really hard to get remedies into the brain. You can't do chemotherapy on the brain because the molecules are too big to pass through the blood brain barrier, but super small fat soluble molecules are perfect and smelling them is a great way to get it into the system. In fact, you know, of our five senses smell kind of goes directly to the emotional part of the brain, the limbic brain, because it's critical to survival, Mm
2: -hmm. right? We smell
1: food, we smell water, we smell danger, like fire or predator odor. So smell really keeps us safe. So it bypasses um, this area called the thalamus and goes directly to the amygdala. Well, that's really powerful when you're trying to unpack stress or trauma or really influence the brain because
2: smell has kind of um, you know first rite of passage,
1: and so it gets right in there. So they actually have said that smelling essential oils is the most effective way to use them. Um, you know, for people who want you to use a lot so you buy more it's it's probably it will last the longest if you smell it so i think that's why other ways are encouraged you know like um diffusing which you know you i i think it's just as effective to smell and just like you know taste like um for anyone who like suddenly is ravenous and then maybe the appetizer salad comes and you eat the salad and you're not as starving like your satiety kicks in there is smell satiety. You know, once you smell it for kind of um, four to seven breaths, you're good. You don't necessarily need to be diffusing it 24-7. So brain is really important. And then body. um, I do think that every organ has its own kind of frequency, healthy frequency. And I do think that plants and humans are about familiar. We share frequencies. So just like you can combine, you know, the primary colors, red, blue, yellow, with white and black, and make a plethora of shades and hues, you can combine different plants to kind of match the frequency of a healthy organ system. So think of it like this, you know, your kid is learning to ride a bike, right? It's a complicated series of you're balancing, you're moving forward and back, so you put training wheels on. And that gives them the sense, of, oh, this is what it feels like to ride a bike. And once they get that sense, you can take the training wheels off and they get it you know, or a flotation device when you're teaching them to swim. If you topically overlay oils that have the frequency of healthy organ tissue over, say, your adrenals or your liver or your gallbladder, it helps that organ remember, oh, this is what healthy function looks like. I think that's what stem cells do, too, because they're kind of like, um, you know, they help it reboot to factory settings. So that's the body blends. Then the emotional blends, emotions are really something that – I think have a far bigger impact on our health and uh, it's starting to get more and more um, acknowledgement and and focus. But, you know, when we stuff our anger that kind of hangs out in our tissues and becomes a problem often in the liver. When we stuff our grief, it correlates to the lungs, all of these things. And so I think oils, especially because you're breathing them, you know, you can inhale and exhale and it just helps you work through emotions And then we have a whole um, system, you know, blends like, okay, you're having PMS, this will help you. All right, you're having a migraine, this will help you. You know, just to kind of meet people where they're at, if they just want to, um, it's that time of month and I have bad cramps, they can move through that. Or I recognize that uh, I'm kind of stuck in that fight or flight stress state and I want to unpack that. It's just helping people wherever they're ready to be helped.
0: Wow. Okay, so that was really ir- interesting, Jody. Um, so first of all, <laughs> I could have used some of this advice uh, today. Actually, earlier today, it's funny that you mentioned like riding a bike and, and know what that feels like. So a couple of years ago, I had a really bad horse riding accident, and I broke a whole lot of stuff, and I was in the hospital in the whole nine yards. And so ever since then, I um, have not gotten back on a horse that could actually like gallop and canter and, and all that kind of stuff i've stayed in like the safe horses that can only like walk and trot because they're old or fat <laughs> and yeah. uh so this morning actually believe it or not i had my first lesson back with a professional um trainer to get me to actually, you know, canter and, and run on a horse again. And it was so funny because every, like, two minutes he would stop and he would check my anxiety level. And and I kept thinking, okay, I'm good. I was just controlling it by my breathing. I was, you know, actively uh, breathing to control uh, my my nervous system. But um, I'm thinking, oh, shit, I should have taken that parasympathetic. <laughs> Yeah. Before before I went and did that, Um, you know, because like that, that's the kind of things that I think about that I think people don't realize that they can do things proactively when they know that they're going to be going into these anxiety situations like in advance.
1: No, it totally. That's exactly it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're a mom, you proactively bring the snacks because, you know, at some point your kids are going to get hungry And it's easier to have, you know, your cheese stick or whatever your kid likes than find it in the moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the second thing that you mentioned, and oh my gosh, my heart just like sung with joy when you said this, how important emotion is becoming, Uh, because there is a ton, a ton of research on how the uh, subconscious emotional component actually underlies all of our decision making, like all of it, and um, there's this great book. I don't know if I have it handy. Um, I don't know where it, I don't know where it went. Um, but this this guy right here, um, Leonard Mladenov, This is this was just released this year. It's emotional. It's like basically how our feelings shape our thinking. And he has another book called Subliminal that is all about how. It, it is completely the unconscious things that um, are, again, like deciding our decision-making, you know? So I'm actually working with um, a colleague of mine right now, and we're using some of the neuroscience research by Dr. Kiran Omani, and we are actually writing a book about the how you have to address the emotional components of any person that you are talking to, if you ever actually want to fully communicate with not just them, but their brain. Because it's their brain that decides whether or not they're going to keep your information or chuck it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just I love that. Uh, you know, it's so, so much more of a, a big deal. Your your emotional, you know, mental state then I think people realize and being able to actively influence that I think is the key to everything. I really do. Yeah,
1: No, I completely agree. And there's a lot of research on that, that it's kind of the emotions that you felt when you were a child that you don't necessarily, you know, because when you're two and your mom ignores you or gets mad at you and it's confusing, somehow you think, Oh, it must be something wrong with me. Like you don't, you know, your two year old mind isn't necessarily processing things
2: the same way an adult
1: would. And so sometimes when you're a grown-up, you know, when you overreact to something and you're like, why, why is this so upsetting to me? Like, this is curious, you know, you can you can unpack it at any age. And I think oils for a number of reasons. I think that the um, kind of frequency and plant intelligence help. But I also think that it's just an easy thing to do. I think that sometimes uh, if something feels too hard, people don't don't do it. But, you know, to, to smell something, most people can manage that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that just brings me back to like when, um, when aromatherapy, you know, became a buzzword and everybody was talking, yeah. g- talking about it, but I don't really, I don't really think people understood what that meant. No,
1: and I think it was a little bit relegated to like woo woo and yeah. witchcraft. you know, people perceived it to be really weird and out there and not really grounded in any medical science whatsoever, like they totally forget, you know, like, gosh, aspirin is really based on a plant. Yeah. You know, aspirin is a plant. Aspirin is a concentrated plant. It's oils are concentrated plants. You know, it's it's synonymous with what we're already doing. It's just an easier, more natural way to access it.
0: You, you know, that just reminds me because um, you know, back like thousands of years ago, they would actually have, you know, what what what's called a codex, right? Where they would catalog the plants and what their medicinal benefits were, you know, and that, like you said, that was the that was actually the basis for the evolution of modern medicine were these plant codexes. Um, so yeah, I think people do forget about that, and it's like sometimes, sometimes every once in a while, I get um, a super basic, um, you know, client request to write like the origins of, you know pain medications and stuff. And I love telling the story of, you know, the little bark and things like that, because I think it does ground people in the fact that, you know, medicines traditionally were not just like thought up in a lab, you know, or, or they're not the realization of a computer model.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, my dad was an Eagle Scout and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So we do a lot of hiking, you know, and sometimes you're hiking through ferns, Um, you know, or or nettles and it stings. And he's like, oh, here's the cure. Like my dad, you know, I kind of grew up with like, here, rub this on your skin and it'll take, you know, away the bee sting or the bug bite or whatever. I, that was just normal to me because that's, you know, kind of what my dad was into. So
0: yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, All right. So the let me ask you about a couple common situations, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk from both a, a female aspect and a mom aspect, and maybe even a wife, wife aspect. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So situations I'm about to ovulate and I'm in a hormonal meltdown. What do I do?
1: Yeah. So hormonal meltdown, hormones are related often to like your um, hypothalamus. To a adrenal access, your endocrine system. And so there's, we have a great one for the hypothalamus that you just kind of put on your forehead and it helps you reboot to factory settings. Sometimes what happens is, well, often, especially if you're a mom and wife, um, there's a lot of stress going on. And so that impacts your adrenal glands. So you can put some stuff on your, we have an oil for the adrenals on the low back. Okay. Those are two good balancing things. And the other thing that happens is, you know, the old hormones are supposed to leave the system, Right. And sometimes they don't, they get a little bit, uh, the gallbladder is supposed to release bile. It's supposed to be more like water. It can be a little bit more like molasses. So the more you can help detoxify the old hormones so that they get out of the system and don't get recycled, the more you can keep your hormones in balance. And when the gallbladder, um, when the bile is a little viscous and not flowing, you can reabsorb your estrogen. And that becomes like estrogen dominance, just because you're not getting rid of it, you keep recycling it. So I tell people to balance the hypothalamus, the adrenals, and the gallbladder, and that helps a lot. So, So, and then obviously, if you're um, going through a hormonal shift, I totally recommend the Dutch test just to get a screenshot of what is going on, because it's better to know what's happening with your hormones than to try to guess.
0: Okay. I I had on a naturopath the other day, um, Dr. Erin Kinney, and she, she was saying the same exact thing, Jody. Um, uh and She talked about how, exactly what you said, how sometimes the adrenals um, get in the way of the hormones. And, like, it's almost like a um, drug interaction, almost, like, with, yeah. within your body. Well, it's uh, called
1: the pregnenolone steel. It's this idea that if you need cortisol for survival, your body prioritizes survival, right? Right. So... Pregnenolone can either make cortisol or it can make other hormones, and if you need it to make cortisol for survival, then it's kind of like it doesn't quite get to the other hormones, and so then you become deficient. So you want to kind of balance, you know, adaptogenic herbs are great. Oils are perceived as adaptogenic herbs. You just want to kind of balance out your adrenals so it's not stealing from other resources.
0: Oh, okay, that's that's excellent um, information. And all right. So. So let's same topic, but let's shift a little bit to um, let's say you have a daughter who has just started puberty and she isn't an, she is suddenly a nightmare. Yeah. Um, is it going to be the kind of the same set of circumstances? Or are you are you?
1: Well, I I am I'm the mother of a daughter. And <laughs> you know, as women, we know we are sometimes roller coasters. Um, what helped my daughter, two things, actually different things. So parasympathetic, because they are kind of roller coastering and you want to get them to be grounded. And then we have a blend called the tension that's really a grounding blend. It's got cedar wood and frankincense and lavender and vetiver, you know, which all kind of have grounded. So putting that on the bottom of the feet because what's happening is they're roller coastering, and they're not even like, they're so reactive and so overwhelmed. And the minute you get them like centered and grounded, you know, like with my daughter, it's always like, Oh, I can't do my homework. Yeah, Let's calm you down. And then let's just make a list. Let's just make a list of the things you got to do. And then let's just start pick the easiest one. And once they're kind of starting, you know, like someone was told me that, um, overwhelm, it's kind of like you see 20 million options and you can't just pick one. And the minute, like walking sometimes helps because walking makes you focus on a certain point. Once your mind, you know, your prefrontal cortex just starts focusing on one thing, then it kind of, all the other things are are not as, you know, in your view. And so you're much less overwhelmed and it's much easier to to be calm and in the
0: moment. Yeah, that's, that's actually exactly what we do in, um, both with elementary education um, and in an adult learning uh, trying to get kids out of amygdala hijack which is basically what that is right and then get them in their thinking brain the prefrontal cortex as you said and we find like you said that movement motion does that very effectively so suddenly like giving a kid a ball and asking them to toss it up and down and count to five you know it could yeah, can, yeah
1: walk or even epsom salt baths there's something very grounding and settling about an epsom salt bath.
0: basically your kid just needs a reset yeah so
1: you know like running around the house three times taking a walk with you and the dog you know it, it just if you can kind of change the energy and let them kind of integrate they often move out of it
0: okay great uh all right so either so let's say suddenly um My I'm sick, or my kid is getting sick. What should I be doing proactively?
1: So I'll I'll tell you, it's funny. My daughter was saying it's it's like the freshman plague. So one of the things is not my product. Paleo Valley has this great apple cider vinegar supplement that I love.
0: Okay, I love
1: love love because what it does is it alkalizes you, and it's really hard to be sick when you're alkalized.
2: And you know, if your
1: kid is in college, not like at home, I would say. Grab our immune support oil on the bottom of the feet. We have a breathe oil that I put on the throat. You can thymus thump and we have a thymus oil. Um, I love Epsom salt baths. They're also alkalizing. You know, my kid is in a small dorm room across the country. I'm like, take the apple cider vinegar and put the immune support on the bottom of your feet. And she, um, she was better the next day. Usually I say do it before bed. Okay. If, if you can take a really hot shower or a really hot bath, because that kind of makes you sweat it out. And then put the oil on the bottom of your feet, put socks on, like crawl under the covers, you know, let yourself sweat, take the um, you NSSL know, bath or apple cider vinegar, you know, the pills. I think it's hard. I don't like the way it tastes. So I was never really like taking shots of it, but okay. the pills don't taste bad. So I think they're easy.
0: Okay. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, let's say somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, well, why? why am I putting oils on my feet? I thought you said to smell them. So why would would people do that?
1: So the are actually, okay, so some of these oils are perceived as hot oils. And what that means is that they actually feel hot, like oregano, thyme, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg. If you were to put them, say, as a drop on your arm, it might turn red. It might feel warm. If that happens, you're not going to dilute it with water because oil and water don't mix. You're going to go into your kitchen and take whatever you've got. It could be olive oil. It could be coconut oil and just kind of dilute it that way. But the bottom of your feet, there are a couple things that are going on. The skin is so much thicker. So even if it is a hot oil like oregano, it won't hurt the bottom of your feet. If you or your spouse or someone in your life that you're near is sensitive to smell, if you put it on the bottom of your feet and put socks on it, they won't smell it. And the other amazing thing about the bottom of the feet is it's got all of the reflex points for the body. So you can, you know, there's a vagus nerve reflex point. There's A lung reflex point. We have all of these on our site, but you can really specifically take a very small drop in a certain area of your foot and have kind of a systemic um, experience with it. So the feet are the best default, especially for kids, you know, because kids are squirmy and they're particular and they might be sensitive to certain smells. It's just kind of the all-around great spot to put anything on because anything that you put on the feet will work where it's supposed to in the body.
0: Oh, okay. That, that's fantastic information. Um, I th- so I think we talked, we kind of talked about this a little bit with, um, uh, my, my writing experience today. Um, you know, I have a stressful situation coming up that I know that is, uh, I typically don't perform well. in. so, I mean, other than the parasympathetic, you know, is there anything else you would recommend?
1: You know, the other one that I really love, we've got one for the heart, heart-centered, because I've noticed it's almost like the brain can't multitask. Like, I think this is why gratitude is so effective. If you put something on your heart and you start thinking about your heart, like any situation, it could be
2: someone in your life that's
1: that's really tricky, you know, an, an in-law that's complicated, or um, just someone that you it, – it's never easy to kind of interact with them. But if you start kind of feeling like, oh, You know, let me look for the goodness person. All of a sudden, like everything, you know, it's kind of like glass half empty, glass half full. It just shifts your perspective and shifts how you show up and how you feel about the situation. And often when you walk into something more open hearted and generous, it it goes better.
0: Wow. That's, that's great insight. Okay. So as someone who works with a cognitive neuroscientist, I can tell you, you are correct. Uh, the brain cannot multitask. Um, (laughs) it's they, we, we like to say it's, uh, the brain is a multi switcher. It switches task. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when you throw too much stuff at it, obviously you overwhelm the working memory and you typically walk away not doing anything well. So (laughs) I think that that's a great insight. All right. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit to talk to talking about, um, the, the, you mentioned the lymph support and, you know, I, I'd like to, I, if you could just educate the audience a little bit on the importance of, of lymph support and, and, and the whole detox process. Um, because I think. When you mentioned it in terms of hormones to, you know, the detoxification, but, um, you know, I just don't think that people appreciate the lymph system. I think it's one of those like kind of like secret underground tunnels. <laughs> like-
1: it's, it's the biggest missing link. You know, it's really funny. I'm dating this guy who has all these wealthy friends who are all suffering from ailments, you know, and a lot of them that the bottom line is they, you know, got their, amalgams moved or whatever and they mobilized all these toxins and the lymph wasn't flowing so it's kind of like they stirred up the hornet's nest or they yelled fire in the movie theater with the exit doors closed so now all these things are moving around and causing more problems so basically your lymph is your sewage system it is what carries the toxins the metabolic waste everything from the cells to the blood which then goes to the liver the gallbladder the gut the toilet And what happens, especially in the neck, you know, if you had to think about the biggest bottleneck in the body, it is the neck. There's a lot going on. There is, you know, the bones. There are the nerves. There's the vascular system. There's the muscles. There is the lymph. And it's a little bit like, think of if you've ever sat in the middle row of an airplane next to two linebackers, you know, like good luck putting your arm on the armrest. There's actually this uh, Italian researcher, Marco Ruggiero, who was doing sonograms, like taking photos of the neck, and what he was finding is that if the lymph is congested, it kind of messes up everything, like it messes up the vagus nerve signaling in the neck, it messes up the blood flow, all of a sudden the good things aren't getting into the brain, like the oxygen and the blood sugar, and the bad things aren't getting out, and so the bad things are staying in the brain, and then they're causing the immune system to respond, and then that's triggering inflammation, and that's triggering symptoms like brain fog, fatigue, you know, worst case kind of a uh, Alzheimer's and degenerative diseases. So the more you can kind of make things flow, make sure that the lymph drains down and the blood flow goes up. And the easiest way to do that, Dr. Ruggiero found was topically applying things and oils because, you know, the skin is so permeable, the fat soluble substances, like we have a lymph gland, it's a combination of things, but really even just like doing the downward movement. You know, or um, another big bottleneck for the lymph is those clavicle points. Okay. If you kind of gently feel on your clavicle, if it feels at all tender, it's just a little congested and you can do these kind of nice little butterfly strokes. And then the fascia is also going on in there and the fascia is a little bit like a scaffolding, but what can happen is, you know, think about like your accident or when we're in fear, we brace for impact, right? Right. We're like, oh my God. And we kind of have this turtle back thing going right. on. And then the stress passes, but we're still kind of. Yeah, we're like. Yeah. And so unpacking the fascia, it's usually like time and compression and pressure, but oils are really great because fascia is kind of right near the surface. We have a fascia blend. So I'm actually combining. um, We have have one for the parasympathetic because the vagus is most accessible behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone, one for lymphs that you generously apply, like on the neck, under the armpits, on the clavicle. And then one for fascia to kind of help unravel it. And those three things working together, it's suddenly like you're biking downhill with the wind at your back. It just makes it so much easier and everything kind of unravels. And when you have things like tinnitus or, you know, issues, that skin rashes, things that don't seem to be healing, and you're like, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? It's often the lymph. It's often making sure that you can, like, get the garbage out of your system. And the bottleneck is often the lymph. You know, we all think of like the liver and the gallbladder, and we're pretty well versed on that. But if the lymph isn't flowing, um, you're just going to keep recycling, you know, the old garbage. And that's that's actually step one. Like a lot of the people that work with chronically ill patients, that's the first thing they do. They take binders. Binders are like uh, charcoal, psyllium. They're like sponges to kind of pull the garbage out of your body. Uh, there's a company out of Idaho called Cellcore. They have two that I think are great: biotoxin binders, really good for mold, and uh, HMET heavy metal environmental toxin. Those, you know, if you just take three at night every night, that's that's a great start. But just making sure the garbage leaves, I think, is um, a big blind spot that people have.
0: Wow, yeah, that's that's really helpful. Um, you know, I I kind of discovered this when I started intermittent fasting and realize that when you do that you eventually you start getting to the point where your body's healthy and you just start burning fat and yeah but when you do that right our fat kind of houses a lot of the toxins that your body was trying to get out of the general circulation to protect you and so now they're being put back into the system which is why people you know there's a I'm not going to get into the technical terms and stuff, but you know, there's, there's names for this. And that's how I discovered, you know, charcoal, because I, you know, I realized that if I took a charcoal, you know, pretty much every day or every other day, I was, I was not feeling, you know, horrible anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. But I didn't realize the, um, powerful effect that essential oils could have as well. Um, you know, in that the other thing that you mentioned earlier that I want to circle back to is, um, when you said that some, when we were talking about the hormones and sometimes, um, you mentioned that they have a hard time getting out of the system as well. Yeah. And, you know, that just made me think of the fact that, you know, um, you know, I've had my hormone pathways done. So I know that I make, um, kind of a toxic form of estrogen. Yes.
1: Yes, yeah. Jim is the one that you
0: want. Yeah. 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 And I think, again, I think people aren't aware that, A, there are toxic forms of estrogen because that sounds ridiculous.
1: Well, and that's that's why it's really important because there can be a lot of imbalances. Like some people might need oh my gosh, I this yoga instructor at my, my studio, she looks great. She's like, I have a testosterone pellet. Everyone should get one. And I'm like, no. No. Not like, I'm like, check, make sure, you know, you know what's going on. Like, there can be a lot of things that are out of balance. There are three different kinds of estrogen that can be off. There's progesterone. There's kind of the adrenal hormones, like cortisol and DHEA. There's testosterone. Like, get all it is, literally, is um, either a saliva, you can either do a saliva test or like, a urine sample, like, you know, four times a day just to kind of check. And it just tells you where you're at. And then, like, for me, it was just I needed a little bit more um, estrogen, a little bit more progesterone. And I, too, have the bad kind of estrogen, so I take DIM. Okay. But I didn't to mess with the other things. My adrenals are fine. Testosterone is fine. So it's like if it's not broken, don't fix it. And sometimes just guessing, you mess other things up. So I, I'm really a fan of, like, always test.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I guess I get concerned because, you know, when you get on social media sometimes, exactly like your yoga instructor, you know, there's all these other women on there like, oh my God, you know, hormone replacement therapy is awesome. It's a thing to do. We all we all should be taking like extra estrogen after menopause. And I'm like, no, that that literally would give me breast cancer if I did that. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I, again, I bringing it back to the essential oils and and helping your body detox and get, you know, stuff, you know, through through the lymphatics and, you know, and, and, and out. Um, I think everyone needs. Everyone
1: needs to eat, sleep, and move, right? Right. And oils are really good for helping you sleep. You know, it could be if you have trouble falling asleep, we have a circadian rhythm one that helps the pineal gland. If you're waking up at 1 in the morning and you're wide awake, that's blood sugar wake up the pancreas one that you can put on that helps you fall back asleep. If you're waking up at 3 a.m. and maybe using the bathroom and it's easy to fall asleep, that's a liver overload one. We have a good liver one, you know, um, moving. You don't necessarily need to be an avid exerciser. You just need to move your body because your lymph doesn't have a pump. So anything you do, like put your arms over your head, that helps move lymph. So also oils help move lymph. And then, like, kind of calming your stress response. So parasympathetic or ensuring... You know, when your body thinks it might die, it prioritizes survival and down-regulates digestion, detoxification. So just kind of activating your parasympathetic nervous system ensures that whatever you're eating, you're actually digesting, absorbing, and assimilating.
0: Oh, wow, that's, that's great info. And I think that kind of answers the question for, I think, for a lot of people of why they shouldn't eat right before bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, and sleep is really when you do a lot of your healing. And so it's, it's, it's really important. Like if you have to pick one thing, I would say sleep, sleep and move, you know, I think moving really helps you, um, just clean house and, and keep things flowing.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, um, I think that's, uh, you know, they, they do say that sitting is like the new smoking and as, (laughs) (laughs) as somebody who, uh, sits and writes all day long, I can tell you that that, um, that's a huge concern of mine and and I have to actively remember to get up and move and precisely for that reason um, because uh, you know, not only I think does your waist start to pull like in your lymphatic system, but your blood starts to pull too. And, and, and it gets away from the brain, you know, which, which is, you know, causes, you know, a decrease in cognitive function during the day, right? When we're trying, trying to do most of our thinking, you know, as well. So I think the movement piece is huge. Um, all right. Okay. So the, the last thing I kind of want to touch on here is, um, you, you know, I, one of the things I saw when I visited your website, which I love because, um, you know, I create education for a living is how much education you have. And you actually have classes, um, on your site to teach people, you know, about, how to upgrade their brain, how to um how to do gut repair, you know, know, all that kind of stuff. So could you talk a little bit um just about about your courses and and what they're like and what people would get out of them?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm kind of the anti-magic bullet person. I would rather teach people to fish than give them fish. And I feel like even in my own life, you know, when I would go to practitioners and they would have me, you know, they were like, here here are the supplements, the more I understood like, oh, Tudka is really good for the gallbladder. And, you know, if I understood why it was helping, I was more invested in actually taking it. And so that's what I'm really trying to do is help people understand, like, why they might be experiencing certain symptoms or noticing certain things so that they're more educated and aware. Because I think once once you know something, you can't unknow it, right? Once you know, like, oh, gosh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm probably in survival state. I can probably, like, stimulate my vagus nerve and that will help. Well, and now I know. So the next time I'm like, wow, I'm really overwhelmed. I kind of want to crawl out of my body. I know what's happening. I, I know what to do about it. That's what I'm, I'm really hoping to empower people. And that's kind of the basis for education. You know, and I really do try to look at kind of what's going on. Like, is it gut related? Is it stress related? Is it detox related? Is it sleep related? And help you really just unpack that so that you're more empowered both for yourself and, you know, for your loved ones to kind of help yourself um, feel your
0: best. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge why person too. Right. And I, yeah. yeah, And one of the things that I absolutely hate is, um, you know, when I, when I get a medical writing request and they want me to write about X, Y, Z and I include the why and then they come back to me and they're like, Oh, you know, that's too much information. You know, our employees, like they don't need to know the background on that. They, you know, they won't understand that. And I hate it when people say that because, first of all, people underestimate their employees. People underestimate just humans in general and their capacity to, to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think any time that we can provide the why, what, what employers don't understand is that is what makes people more invested in the training in the first place. Is is when they get the 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 reason why. Um, Mm -hmm. Even even with my ten year old, when um, when I explained to her (laughs) why we suddenly started taking spirulina tablets every day, um, you know that uh, she was going through a huge growth spurt, and you know she was starting to have acne, and so we actually added on the chlorella too to make sure that we were detoxing um, as much as we can out of the system um because you know she's 10 she eats like crap at school i can't control that you know yeah, yeah.
1: or at the friend's house yeah yeah
0: yeah but when i explained to her that that was going to help clear up making sure that we are keeping the toxins low and get them out of their system that was going to clear up and prevent her from having um pizza face. she was like oh yeah yeah what oh and then, and yeah. then and then there wasn't an issue and she was like bring it on you know yeah when it's
1: too, like my daughter, <laughs> my daughter used to bring all the oils with her to camp, you know. And everyone in the cabin by the end of the session, like all the moms are like, um, I think I need to buy something from you. The <laughs> you know, kids are like, wow, this helps with, you know, like I feel better, or this helps with the bug bites, or whatever. Yeah. I think when you know, when you really understand what things do, it's much easier to change a habit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, but I always say to people, listen, like, if my 10 year old gets this stuff, um, you're, you know, 50 something employee will be just fine. <laughs> yeah, No,
1: I, I agree. I agree. And I also feel like people can be discerning. Like I'd rather, you know, like my book, give them more information than maybe they want and then they can just, they can skim it or they can pick and choose, you know, I'd rather over deliver and let them kind of be discerning what they want to take in as opposed to kind of hold it back.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right, Jody, this has been awesome. Um, again, Jody, Jody Cohen, Cohen, and um, you are uh, the you know founder and of Vibrant Blue Oils. Um, I, I also want to mention the fact that um, you know you are also an award winning journalist as yeah. well. Uh, And I just, I love that, you know, obviously, because, you know, I'm a writer too. So, uh, and I, so I know that that's why, like, when you start researching something and you, you can just go, you can go a mile, miles down, down rabbit holes because the, the information is just so vast, I think, on this topic. Um, But it really speaks to, you know, your ability to go deep and answer all the whys. And and I think that that's what people are going to get from looking at not only your oils, but the information that you have to share that's different, you know, from others. Well, that's
1: what I kind of, I mean, I, I approach every blog with a question in my head. Like, I wonder why this works. Or I wonder what's really going on. And I love dot connecting. That's my absolute favorite thing is like reading this book over here and realizing, wait a minute, that relates to this other thing and like tying it together. And that's what I think a lot of people like about me. They're like, Oh, I really like the way you brought that together. Like I, I'd wondered about that too. And I never really found the answer.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I always tell people that's like one of my superpowers is, is connecting the dots and, um, cause I'm a voracious reader. I read pretty much every book that, you know, I can get my hands on. And when you read enough of them, just like when you invest as an, as an investigative journalist, right. When you get enough data and you start seeing how everything fits together, you get these yeah. giant aha moments and you're like, yeah. holy shit. You know, this is, yeah. this is, you know, the big picture here that we need to be looking at. Um, no, I uh, love that too. Jody, how can um, people get in touch with you, learn more about you and what you do?
1: Uh, they can find me at VibrantBlueOils.com. If they have any questions, we uh,
0: try to answer emails at info
1: at VibrantBlueOils.com, like within 24 hours. So come on over, and we're, we're happy to help you figure out where you might want to start with essential oils. We actually have, um, if they want to learn more about the Vegas Nerve, they can go to BoostTheBrainBook.com backslash gift and get kind of 25 ways to stimulate the vagus nerve that include oils and more information.
0: Wow, that's a, that's amazing. All right, I, ha- I haven't checked that
2: out yet, so I have to check that out as well. So,
0: all right, great.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you. Your- Do you have an autobiology question for Jennifer? Ask it at autobiology.net or Instagram at autobiologywithjennifer. And keep listening to see if your question has been featured. And remember, anyone can be an autobiologist. This podcast is for information purposes only. Any of the discussions or products held herein are not in any way offered as prescription, diagnosis, nor treatment for any disease, illness, infirmity, or physical condition. Any form of self-treatment or alternative health program necessarily must involve an individual's acceptance of some risk, and no one should assume otherwise. Persons needing medical care should obtain it from a physician. Consult your doctor before making any health decision. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. The podcast host may have direct or indirect financial gains from products discussed on this podcast.